What the fuck is up, world? Biali, Atlantic Bach. We back in this bitch. Another podcast for that ass. Another grito. Sea dicho. Coming about a week or so uh, since my last podcast. And uh, getting ready to pick up on a lot of the shit that I was. Basically, what happened here is uh, the previous podcast that I did on Nietzsche, the whole Preachers of Death shit is supposed to be the foundation for this particular episode, okay? And this particular episode, I'm going to be getting back into some more of that hood philosophy shit, but hopefully if you've already listened to the one from previous, uh, the previous week, this one is going to serve as a little bit, again, as the foundation to help understand a little bit more of the epistemic, uh, if you will, um, uh, uh, justification of hood philosophy, okay? Um, and before I do get into that, though, I do want to do, I do want to uh, quickly get out of some formalities out the way, the first of which being, if you haven't already, follow your boy on the gram, OG underscore Ice Knife 13, something along the same lines on, you know, the other social media platforms, including YouTube, where uh, you can cop this fucking podcast itself. Um, if you are coming from the from from the social media to the podcast, what's good, dog? I see you, right? Or perhaps if you're just going to tune into my social media by way of this podcast, what's good, homie? I see you there as well, okay? Speaking of seeing you, uh, I do want to give a shout out this week to Zach. I believe it's, uh, if I mispronounce your last name, homie, my apologies, Okay. Zach Nakfi living up in a colonized, occupied Canadian, quote unquote, territory, right? Uh, unceded indigenous land, if you ask me personally, whatever it is that the, that the given indigenous folks around that area call it. I'm not necessarily sure, but shout out to you, homie, nonetheless, okay? Um, so yeah, let's just get into it, dog. Uh, getting back to this whole shit that I was dealing with about hood philosophy before I broke it up a little bit with the last Nietzschean episode, okay? Uh, for this particular episode, I wanted to talk about one of the goals of hood philosophy, Right? And that is the desire to find something which we are passionate about, dog, and then commit ourselves to it completely. This is something that is like deeply, it's at the root of hood philosophy, bro. And it's heavily influenced by Nawa philosophy in and of itself. But as I've mentioned plenty of times that, you know, I, I see Nietzsche as, you know, being the person who was able to, from the Western world, somehow like break through the facade, if you will, the veneer, and peer a little bit into the fucking Nawa world, right? Having no understanding of the Nawa philosophy at all whatsoever, which is why I like to justify it with that. So there's also a little bit of the Nietzschean influence coming through with this as well, right? But um, the whole gist here being the desire to find a heart and a face, bro, the desire to find a meaning and purpose in life, you know what I mean? And uh, I guess in that particular vein, this week's grito is going to be courtesy of this passing comment that I made in the previous episode that I found, it resonated a lot in my old writing as I was sitting down to, you know, flush this particular episode out, Okay. Um, and you know, it was the episode about how I mentioned it is understandable how we're running away from ourselves. Okay. Cause you know, we ourselves are fucking terrifying. And that was from actually like not this particular last episode, the, the preachers of death one, but the one I believe before that. Right. And, uh, when I said that dog, basically what I was talking about is I meant it in two ways. Okay. The first of which being that the shit that we're capable of, I've talked about this before in previous episodes of the podcast, but you know, we as human beings, we're capable of some pretty fucking horrific shit, bro. Um, that I believe the example that I gave before was of those people who were living up in the Japanese village during World War II who were just average citizens and they fucking engaged in some of the most horrific fucking war crimes during World War II. You know what I mean? And those are just, you know, those are just fucking citizens. They weren't even part of the Japanese military, bro. And I, you know, <laughs> I talked about this before the pandemic, dog. And the reason why it fucking is so funny to me is because we hear like a lot. I know me personally, like I used to always wonder to myself, what the fuck would I have done if I was living during World War II Germany? And obviously, as that meme that's been fucking circulating around the gram emphasizes, we're, we get a chance to find out now, dog. And the basic idea here is that we, again, as humans, we're capable of just some fucking crazy shit, dog. And we like to look back in the past and be like, oh, those were savage, primitive people. Like, I would never do some shit like that. But the reality is, those are the same people as the ones that are existing here today. And you are, I am, we all collectively are capable of some pretty horrific shit, Okay. Um, and obviously this, you know, usually manifests itself in physical violence, but there's a more subtle way to it. And that is the desire for control, bro, by which, you know, is given to many people, at least the appearance thereof by way of institutions, particularly that of the government. You know what I mean? Which kind of brings us into the second way that this fucking uh, that shit manifests itself. Uh, and that is the, the idea of how terrifying we are. And that is due to our lack of knowledge of ourselves, bro. And that's kind of going to be the gist for this particular episode is the idea of how, you know, how terrifying we are because of how little we know about ourselves and the ensuing impetus then of philosophy to push us in such a way to gain knowledge of self. And, you know, for the idea, the ideal hopes of having this grand effects for the positive in our overall life. Right. So, um, when I talk about it in terms of the self dog, I, I, I mean it in terms of it's stratified into two particular ways. Okay. 
And the first way in which the self is haunting, the individual self, me, my individual self, you, your individual self, is the result of just past trauma, bro. Whether it be historical trauma that we've, you know, fucking inherited by way of our genes, you know what I mean? Talking about the epigenetic principles and shit. Or whether it be the trauma that we've endured as by just virtue of navigating everyday existence, you know what I mean? Um, whichever way this trauma comes, we know it's there, homie, right? Um, but we've not learned anything from it, okay? Because, you know, of how terrifying it is to have to deal with this trauma. It, it, it requires us to go to like these really dark places, these really fucking emotionally demanding places that for the most part are, you know, it's, it's, it's easier to just fucking ignore them, pretend that they're not there, irrespective of how detrimental an outcome it may have in our lives, right? And that's kind of a, the gist that I'm trying to get here when I say that the lack of knowledge of our true selves, okay, assuming that such a true self even exists, this is part of the idea of why it's so fucking haunting and terrifying because no one wants to go back in time and think back of all the times that their parents showed, for instance, ways that they truly didn't love them, whether it be because, you know, something as simple as their parents themselves were engaging in these self-destructive patterns of behavior that shortened the overall amount of life that they were able to spend with their children, like smoking cigarettes and shit, you know what I mean? Or whether it be just by way of the other addictive behaviors that parents engage in, like napping, you know, just mindlessly scrolling social media at the complete expense of raising their children, you know what I mean? Um, and to think back at how, you know, how we felt during these times uh, as children and how it affects us now, it's obviously very painful. So, you know, the idea of, you know, it's easier to just ignore it. That's kind of, that's, that's what I'm talking about here with these traumas, okay? So, but as a result, it's, it seems easy at first, right? Which is going to be a recurring theme through this particular episode. Um, as a result of this, you know, we gain this knowledge, dog. Um, but this knowledge that we have of our quote unquote self, it's kind of knowledge that is not even real, bro. It's illusory. Okay. It's, it's a self, if you will, that we are told that we are. Okay. As opposed to the knowledge of self that, you know, that really is truly us, if you will. Okay. And I know at least for me personally, that's a trip because it implies that we're basically these mindless automata, bro. Um, who have been programmed and are simply acting out in accordance to them. So the idea here being that we like to believe ourselves as free, sovereign, unique individuals. But if we're kind of just acting out this programming that we've inherited, this socialization that we've been fucking uh, subjected to, we're not really any of that. We're kind of just as mindless fucking automata who are acting out in accordance to the desires of other people who have put this conditioning on us. You know what I mean? So the ensuing way that this, this shit starts to uh, splinter off is the desire to want to get to learn ourselves, bro. And what do I mean by that? It's, sim it's simple, yo. It's like, you know, learn our own particular likes and dislikes as opposed to what we're told we like and dislike. You know what I mean? To learn our own dreams, our desires. Not simply what we've been told, again, what we like, what we dream, what we desire. And, uh, but actually learn what it is that we personally value in this life, essentially. And of course, the only way to do so is, you know, to direct this ball of movement, if you will, picking up these Nahuatl things, away from this reflective existence that we've kind of just inherited and more towards this, uh, or rather away from this reflexive existence, this idea that we're not really thinking critically, we're just reacting in accordance to the programming that we've, you know, in, uh, been socialized with and move that towards a more reflective, active existence. So away from the reflexivity and the passivity and towards reflectiveness and activeness, right? In the hopes that doing so, you know, will provide us with the ability to live better lives. And the question is, well, how? How is this going to provide us with the ability to live a better life? And that is simple, through the act of philosophizing. I hate to grandstand and I hate to bloviate and I hate to fucking hype this shit up, dog, but this is truly how I believe and this is truly what I feel. That philosophy is a fucking powerful redemptive force that has the ability to change not just individual people, bro, but the entire world for the better, okay? And in this particular sense, it's through way of engaging with the act of philosophizing, okay? Or as I like to personally think about it, as exercising the demons, okay, that are associated with spending this lifetime, uh, this lifetime, bro, and the alienation inherent with uh, attempting to defend, if you will, the ideas that we don't necessarily identify with but feel compelled, if you will, to defend nonetheless because, again, of our upbringing. So this brings us to this fucking strange position, bro, where we find ourselves like in this fucking precarious position where as creatures, we're kind of like these creatures who are born without an identity, okay? Uh, we're born without an identity and yet we're simultaneously filled with unsatisfied desires, okay? And because of that, we seem to lack any definite goal here on Tlaltikpak. 
So what do I mean by that? It's simple. Like we as humans, we desire to do things. Very few of us are born with just a desire to lay around and fucking do absolutely nothing. And in fact, I would even contest as a matter of inserting the importance of fucking freedom and choice that the desire to sit around and do nothing is itself a fucking, is a, cho- is a choice. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's, it's an unsatisfied desire, right? And the only way that that, that desire is satisfied is by actually engaging in the action, even if it is doing nothing. Okay. So the idea here is that that's some, that seems to be a fundamental part of human nature. Okay. And then you couple that with the notion that we're born without an identity. And what we get in turn is this lack of a definite goal here on Tlaltic Pak that leads to this fucking longing for purpose in our lives. You know what I mean? And the ensuing suffering inherent with a lack thereof. Okay. So in this particular case, then, if this is true, any sort of satisfaction that we get, if you will, uh, that we receive is merely... It's a situation of dissonance, if you will, born of this reality. So what do I mean by that? It's simple, dog. The, the, the happiness that we get, it's not real. It's fleeting. It's imaginary. It's illusory. Okay? It's physical. It's fucking, it's just uh, stimulation, if you will, essentially, uh, meant to just do nothing more than uh, satiate this longing that we have and the ensuing pain that we have for meaning and purpose in life. Okay? So we ask ourselves, well, what are we ultimately satiating ourselves from? And if you ask me personally, the answer is the problem of existence, dog. Namely, specifically, the meaning of existence, or perhaps better stated, the purpose of existing, the purpose for existing. In the absence of an answer to that, because we lack the identity and the fucking gold necessary to manifest one, we just kind of satiate ourselves from the pain inherent with that fucking lack of purpose, okay? With the lack of purpose for existing, the lack of meaning for existence, the lack of answers to why we exist, and so on, right? And um, it's very easy, if you will, to satiate this uneasy, the uneasiness that we feel from, you know, just by existing, again, by these physical pleasures that are realistically nothing more than stimulation, right? But there, there's only so much, there's only so much stimulation, so much physical stimulation, that you can receive where inevitably this hedonic treadmill will fucking, it weighs heavily where the things in the past that once brought us fucking happiness, the idea of happiness no longer cuts it. And we need to fucking keep up in the ante until the next thing we know, we started off with a simple fucking uh, uh, shopping addiction. And now we're getting fucking strung out on smack because we're looking for the fucking, you know, that initial euphoric uh, feeling of stimulation that either action brought us. Okay. And a lot of that is predicated again, off the impetus, or rather, the lack of uh, uh, the lack of uh, of purpose that we have here on life, right? So the goal then in studying this philosophy is to try, and specifically this hood philosophy shit, is to try to find a purpose, dog. This is where the Nawa starts talking about fucking finding a face, looking into the smoking mirror, making strong the countenance of the heart in the face. This is what they're talking about, bro. Okay. So to that extent, what I'm trying to say is that. <sighs> There's clearly an importance to education in this process, bro, as, you know, being capable of influencing our will. Education is capable of influencing our will, right? So in that particular sense, when it comes to this Nawa education, the idea is that it's very like reductive, very general, but the basic gist is that it was dedicated and designed in such a way to lead to the development of a strong heart and a face to answer these deep, longing, burning existential questions that still to this day plague the Western tradition and philosophy. I'm looking around right now for a book. It's actually my backpack, which is over there. So I'm not going to be able to grab it. You know, I mean, I could, but I don't want to. I could just explain it to you. Um, the book is from Robert Solomon. It was the one published in the 1970s. And it's entitled From Exist- From Rationalism to Existentialism. And he, the basic gist is he's covering these, you know, these major figures in the Western tradition of quote unquote continental European philosophy, where they're, you know, addressing this break from where the Western tradition went from rationalism to continental philosophy, but he's trying to make it as a justification for continental philosophy because for those of us who aren't in the know with philosophy, especially the Western tradition, it kind of gets shit on as being nothing more than fucking poetic musings, but it's, it's really not. It's a lot more than that. And that's the point that Solomon is trying to make. And that is that where um, the ancient Greek philosophers ended is where the, uh, the, the continental tradition of philosophy is picking up, the desire to find meaning and purpose in life. And that somewhere along the way, that fucking focus in philosophy got shifted more towards the analytic tradition and trying to be more scientific, right? Um, so the point that I was trying to make then with this Nawa philosophy is that if I was to write that book, if I was to write a book in regards to this, I would actually title it the other way around. And I would title it from existentialism to rationalism. And that is because in my eyes, in my personal belief, 
that's kind of how the Nahuatl did their thing. You know what I mean? They started first with trying to find meaning and purpose as to why we are here. And then they went off into the scientific, uh, the, the, the philosophy of science, which obviously had tremendous fucking success because given all of the great accomplishments they were able to achieve in that particular field, in science in general. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the gist of where, where my hood philosophy shit is influenced. We got to first find our faith. We got to first find our heart and faith and then make it strong. Make strong the countenance of both, right? What do I mean by make uh, find the heart and faith? We'll start with the faith and that is our purpose. We got to find our purpose and then, you know, make our heart strong in such a way where we are able to direct our focus or face our attention, our intentionality, if you will, to use some continental language towards satisfying and accomplishing and manifesting that goal, right? So when it comes to this Nawa shit, the idea is that we look into this obsidian mirror, dog, and we see that the reason we're unable to do so is because we're still, you know, we're still dead in a way, okay? And what I mean by that is like, we're, we're like the, we're the walking dead, if you will, homie, in that we're living this generic life, okay? And that in, in doing so, we're not really living at all, okay? And only in developing a face with a heart will we be able to do so, right? Uh, in knowing and getting to know ourselves and following the path to the most high, if you will, towards the Teot, okay? Do we actually gain this heart in a face that revives us, that awakens the fucking, the, 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 the life within us, you know what I mean? That, you know, removes us from being this fucking unreflective zombies that are just, you know, mindlessly floating through existence and asserts us with the ability to live an actual life, you know what I mean? And that's the whole idea with giving, the, with making strong the heart and a face, right? Is attempting to impart the humanistic uh, element in, in, in uh, the humanistic quality to man's will, which in turn will free us from this fucking predetermined fate of just unreflective passivity, dog, of fallenness, of all these different ideas that have come up with in philosophy to uh, explain what seems to be the default mode of existence for most of us. And that is just general fucking passivity, right? Towards life. So um, in this particular sense, then, again, I got to emphasize, this is some straight Nahuatl shit here, dog, because they believe that every single person here on Tlaltikpak, that we have a predetermined fate that is intimately connected with the stars and the day of our birth, okay? And the idea here is then that if, if, if this is the case, we need to find what this purpose is and just simply direct, well, I say simply, but it's a lot more difficult than that, but you know, find our purpose and direct all of our actions towards manifesting it. That's why I was talking about in that previous episode of the Nichian podcast where about the good and evil. Like, is what you're doing helping you do this? Because if it is, great, you're doing good. But if it's not, oh, you got to step your game up, homie, because you weren't just born into this month. You didn't you didn't descend, if you will, because that's how the Nahuas are. You weren't born, you descended onto Tlaltikpak, right? And you didn't just descend here for no reason. You are intimately connected with the cosmos, bro. We are intimately connected with the cosmos, and we need to find what our purpose is in order to keep this ba this fucking uh, balance intact for the cosmos to continue its existence. You know what I mean? Um, and in this particular sense, it should also be stated that this is not the, this is not the Nahuatl shit, but this is the hood philosophy shit where, you know, our lives are clearly, you know, determined by external factors such as fucking capitalism and the demands of it. You know what I mean? Um, because for the most part, if this is the case, then ideally, <laughs> from, a not, from a capitalist perspective, most of us were kind of just descended onto this earth, born onto fucking Tlaltikpak, to do nothing more than fucking pay bills and die, bro. And ideally, I don't know about you, but me personally, that is fucking, that's devastating, dog. That is depressing as fuck. The idea that the only reason you were born onto this fucking prison planet is to fucking pay taxes and continue perpetuating the system to uphold the world for these fucking rich, uh, uh, these rich white folks who created capitalism for their straight benefit. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, nah, dog, there's gotta be more to it than this. There's gotta be more to life than this, Okay. There's got to be more to the idea that we're just fucking cattle, okay? And um, in order to try to get to this more part, it's my contention, dog, that we got to first understand that, yo, we have been negatively programmed, homie. The socialization that we've endured at the hands of this fucking society is no bueno, okay? It is negative fucking programming, right? Which is why that I say that some the part of this hood philosophy shit, dog, is to help us learn that nah homie like motherfuck all these court these fucking preachers of death bro that's what i titled the last episode of the podcast and i didn't i you know i didn't talk about it more i just assumed some prior knowledge of nietzsche but the idea is it comes from the chapter in um dust uh, zarathustra where he's talking about people like schopenhauer dog who fucking nietzsche flat out rejected because he felt as though you know 
Schopenhauer's views about trying to deny the will was inherently anti-life. And what Nietzsche's saying is like, nah, dog, they're, all there is is the will to power and you have to embrace the will to power because this is what gives life fucking vitality. You know what I mean? So the preachers of death then are people who fucking chastise life as this fucking terrible, fucking insufferable uh, a curse, if you will, like the misanthropes such as uh, Schopenhauer do and instead fucking embrace it for the vitality and the beautiful privilege that it offers us, okay? So the idea here then is that when it comes to this hood philosophy shit, dog, that's exactly what I'm saying when I say, man, what the fuck these preachers of death, bro, okay, who are always talking about how terrible existence is, uh, rather how terrible existence is. If you ask me personally, dog, life itself does not suck. Even the most fucking terrible moments of life, such as the death of a loved one, you know what I mean? Even in those moments right there, there is beauty to be found in life, okay? And uh, what sucks instead is the shitty programming that we've inherited that we personally allow, all right, by our conscientious lack of desire to change it, okay? That is what sucks. That's the real shit that sucks, bro. Not life, okay? Just the way that we've been programmed to respond to life, okay? So this is where the whole beef again with the state, the state here with the capital S starts to kick into place, bro, because, you know, the idea is that the state is, because of the way that the, our current society is structured, since it's responsible for education, since it's responsible for the society, man, that we live in, that's the one that is fucking beholden to the programming that we've endured, which is why you always see people like myself are always saying like, nah, dog, I'm not loyal to a country. I'm not loyal to a state. I'm loyal to the soil, okay? <laughs> because we recognize that, you know, the country, the state, the fucking, the institutions of social control, bro, these are the ones that are fucking negatively programmed us, okay? And they're all fucked, dog, right? They're fucked in such a way where at least in our current times, they're built only to survive off negativity, dog. And that negativity comes at the direct expense of our ability to live a good, happy life, right? Because we've been led to believe that our sole purpose <laughs> is to do nothing more than give our blind allegiance to this fucking country, to pay bills and then die. You know what I mean? But dog, like we know most of us do at least intuitively that there's just so much more to life than that. You know what I mean? And um, that's where, you know, this hood philosophy shit is starting to get a little bit of its fucking, it's not starting to, it's where it does get its impetus from this idea like, yeah, I know there's more to life. I want to search for more than life, but I don't know where to start looking because of this fucking uh, epistemic paradox where you don't know what you don't know if you don't know what you don't know. I've made a whole video about it. You can look back on it on the past, on the timeline, on the gram. But the basic idea is that, okay, well, let's fucking start figuring some shit out then so we can start to learn what we don't know in order to live a better life. And one of the things that I personally have learned is that the society that we're living in, it's fucking diseased. It's sick. It only fucking survives off negativity. And thus that negativity comes at the expense of my life. So if I want to live a life that is anything but that, I need to deprogram myself. I need to decondition myself. I need to desocialize myself from this fucking negative uh, uh, programming that I've been fucking uh, 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 dealt, you know, and, and, and replace it with a more life affirmative one instead. That responsibility is entirely on me, homie. No one is going to come to save me but myself. And if I want to change the world that I'm living in, it starts by first changing the way that I view the world that I'm living in. You know what I'm saying? Now, this in itself, honestly, is not some grand revelation. Motherfuckers have been talking about it since this quote-unquote death of God that Nietzsche was talking about, okay? But what I will assert is different in hood philosophy, dog, is that my take on this shit is that the understanding that this isn't some grand chasm that can't, that can't be overcome. It's one of my biggest beasts with Camus. Like, I'm not going to lie, dog. I, I used to love Camus, but now as I've become less fucking westernized and Christianized, I'm like, I'm, it doesn't really, re it doesn't really fucking, it's sad for people who believe in the western Christian world, the absurdity of existence, because y'all motherfuckers are convinced that you are just an insignificant speck of dust that has no bearing at all whatsoever on the, in t the totality of the cosmos, of, of reality, okay? And I don't adhere to that, bro. Again, it's only, as, a, as, a, as a monist, right, from Theo, the Nawal approach, I am fundamentally comprised of the same essence of all of reality. I am Teot itself, right? Teot is one and all, okay? So because of that, I don't see myself as an insignificant speck of dust. I see myself as fundamentally of a, a fundamental part of the grand weaving of the cosmos, okay? So um, when it comes to this idea of the absurdity of existence, that's Western Christian problems, bro. The death of God is a Western Christian problem. It's not some grand chasm that cannot be overcome, okay? And um, 
the idea here then is that once you start to recognize it less as this fucking insufferable condition of humanity and more so as an opportunity for growth and development, I personally feel as though it it opens up a whole new fucking uh, a world of for us to be able to view ourselves as here on earth uh, as a process not of seeking to overcome the absurdity of existence, but as using it instead, uh, the seeming absurdity of existence. But as using it instead as a fucking, as a whetstone, if you will, that we are the sword, we are the, the blade, and that we are using the absurdity of existence to sharpen ourselves as you would a fucking sword to prepare for the quote unquote battle. You know what I mean? And I want to be said quote unquote because, as I mentioned before, the idea of battle here is not necessarily so much one of fucking uh, a fury that, in an attempt to overcome and conquer so much as it is a fucking a conscientious acknowledgement that we ourselves are, you know, constantly battling, if you will, with our dynamic opposite pairs in order to continue the balancing, the, the delicate balancing of the cosmos, of reality. Because again, we are a fundamental part of this process, so even the smallest actions on our behalf contributes to this process, okay? Now, uh, moreover, another part that really fucks with me, dog, and this is why I'm always fucking lamenting and lambasting on it, is that these bitch-ass, I cannot fucking help, dog, these bitch-ass fucking fake woke social justice warriors, Okay? That they see this type of dilemma and they respond to it like some weak fucking slaves, bro. This response in and of itself, that's part and parcel, bro, of this European Christian brainwashing that sees, again, all of life as this constant battle for supremacy, okay? This battle is fundamentally, this fucking view of reality is fundamentally destined for failure, bro. Because, right, you're never going to be able to conquer. It's not how it works. It's a dynamic. You don't conquer one or the other. Life does not conquer death. Death does not conquer life, etc. As I've talked about before, right? Um... As opposed to this harmonious opportunity that these obstacles present, again, to fucking strengthen our heart and faces. So, I mean, in a less philosophically dense jargon way, uh, all I'm saying, dog, is that, you know, <sighs> yeah, dog, we're born into this fucked up world and into a fucked up system, no less, okay? But we alone have the power to change our position in this shit, you know what I mean? And it's not going to be easy, bro. And it certainly isn't going to just be handed to us. We're absolutely going to have to fight for it. But that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, okay? Because honestly, bro, anything that is ever valued is never given. If, you, if you're just given something, you're not going to value it. Anything of great value and importance is always only ever earned, okay? So when I talk about the idea of battle and struggle in hood philosophy, it's not so much as a desire to overcome an obstacle and conquer it for supremacy, so much as it is to fucking use obstacles such as the seeming absurdity of existence as the fucking whetstone to sharpen ourselves in such a way where we are able to gain the strength necessary to fight for the things that it is that we value. And it is in the process of doing so where our lives is given meaning and purpose, okay? Um, we have to earn that shit, bro, simple and plain. <laughs> we have to experience, if you will, the fucking struggle inherent with fighting, right? For you know, in the in experiencing the struggle inherent with fighting, and in experiencing the desperation and wanting something more than anything else, that is the action of our fucking will, of our hearts, of our faces becoming stronger. The countenance of our hearts becoming stronger. That is the process of us not only achieving our goals, but the process of us becoming strong enough to be able to do so. Right. So it's not about this fucking Camusian idea that oh, life is absurd. I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want. It's like nah, dog. The idea that life is absurd is not the end-all, be-all. That is just part and parcel of the fucking human experience. And recognizing it not as the fucking end destination, as the grand chasm that cannot be overcome, uh, and instead recognizing it as, as an opportunity to strengthen our resolve, that's where the fucking the, 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 the divide is between my shit and not Western European shit. You know what I mean? It's about fucking character development, ultimately, homie. Okay, the likes of which are necessary, again, to strengthen the heart and the face. Now, more importantly, more importantly, what I should qualify is that this is a lived experience, homie, meaning that you can't just sit back and live vicariously through other people's accomplishments. We personally have to fucking low ride, if you will, through the process ourselves, right? So I'm always talking about that's one of the parts of low riding through hood philosophy, low riding through turtle island, you know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about, dog. It's about engaging with life in a calm way, no doubt, okay? But one of intentionality, nonetheless, I know where I'm fucking driving. I'm enjoying the fucking journey. I'm in no rush to fucking get there, but I know where the fuck I'm going because I've figured it out. I've gone through the process of philosophizing and finding my face, and now I'm engaging in all the actions necessary to make my will strong enough to be able to manifest it, right? 
So this brings us to the whole importance of not just education now for hood philosophy, but also just philosophy in general, dog, the importance of philosophy when you intertwine that with education, okay? And that is the goal of trying to help fucking find a face, to try to help us find a meaning and purpose, bro, to find something worth suffering for, essentially. I can endure suffering, dog, as long as I know that it's worth something, or it's for something, you know what I mean? It's that needless suffering at the fucking behest of just unreflective existence that really fucks with me, you know what I mean? And... Once we find that shit, dog, once we find that something that we want to have more than anything else, uh, you know, the reason why we, it is that we wake up in the morning when the alarm goes off, despite every fucking screaming impulse pleading us to do otherwise, that's when we get to start living this fucking life of meaning and purpose, that we get to move from this unreflective state of passivity to a state of activity, right? The state of reflectiveness as opposed to just reflexiveness and at the behest of this fucking shitty negative programming that we've endured at the hands of this fucking state fucking spe- uh, st- <laughs> the state just the state dog i was gonna say state sanctioned colonial fucking government but it's beyond that dog because you don't even have to go to public school to fucking be san- uh, socializing this fucking uh this death cult okay anyways um we, uh, the, the idea here is that not only is not finding this shit going to be difficult but manifesting it is not going to be easy dog and when i'm talking about this um i use the metaphor a lot at least i internalize the metaphor this is the first time that i'm actively speaking out about it um, but the idea here is of quote unquote, uh, killing oneself. I hesitate to even say it because I don't want to give the idea of like, uh, I'm fucking advocating it cause I'm not, that's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is more or less in literal terms and, le- and more so in metaphoric terms. It's like an, e- a, a, a ritual death, if you will. Okay. Killing an old self, our old version of ourselves. That's why I'm like kind of just fucking stuttering around the issue because I don't want to give the impression that I'm talking about like an actual yeeting of oneself into existence, like non-existence rather. That's that is not at all what I'm talking about. It's a fucking figurative one, a metaphoric one, the, the, the fucking ritual death of our old self, okay? Where, you know, we're sacrificing, if you will, our old self in order to make way for the new self that we desire, right? And of course, this shit's going to be hard to do, dog, because this old self This old self, it has the momentum of years of negative behavioral patterns and self-destructive tendencies on its side, right? And it is fighting tooth and claw like some sort of fucking demon that has possessed us, okay? To fucking not only just drag us back down into the hell that it is that we're seeking to escape from, but to fucking ensure that it continues to exist, dog. It's not going to go out without a fight, essentially, is what I'm trying to tell you. You know what I mean? Um, And... (laughs) That's a good thing. It's, 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 that's not a bad thing, okay? That's a good thing, okay? The, you know, again, the response generally from this fucking Western tradition, if you ask me personally, especially as embodied through these bitch-ass fake folks, social justice warriors, what social justice warriors uh, they embody for me, dog, is the fucking manifestation of the slave mentality, the slave morality in the Nietzschean sense, okay? And um, that is a default of most people when it comes to responding to the absurd, the seeming absurdity of existence, the difficulty of existence, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to move away from that, bro. I'm trying to move away from that completely. It, it starts uh, obviously with understanding the idea, the distinction between the Western Christian way of viewing reality ontology and the more Nahuatl indigenous way. And that is not a fucking seeking to uh, overcome and conquer, but just mutual, uh, mutual existence. You know what I mean? And in this particular sense, then in understanding it as such, you don't see these fucking obstacles as these fucking crushing defeats so much as you see it as this fucking... Again, this opportunity to discipline ourselves, right, in a way to suffer uh, 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 in, in a positive way, the positive way here being for the shit that actually has meaning and value towards us, okay? Now, the reason why I keep fucking shitting on this social justice warrior bullshit is because their mentality, dog, is one of victimhood, okay? And this victimhood, it serves as a way to disempower ourselves, which could not be any fucking further from the truth, bro, because... We're not victims, bro. We are these fucking. We're honestly, bro. Like, just at the, like at the, at the risk of sounding too fucking just blase, we're bad motherfuckers, yo. With the potential to do great shit, I genuinely, sincerely believe that. Okay, all it takes is fucking discipline, dog. Discipline and resolve again to never suffer needlessly the pain of an unexamined life. Okay, to never suffer needlessly the pain of a life of passivity, dog. We have the strength to be able to do so, and. Discipline, dog. Discipline and resolve, okay? This is going to be our our fucking dart and our shield, homie, to ensure that we keep marching forward, okay, on the path to the happiness that it is that we desire. This victim's mentality, bro, if you ask me personally, it strips us of this because it makes us feel as though we are just fucking victims to the circumstances in which we've inherited, which could not be any fucking further from the truth. There is no doubt that there is some fucked up shit that has occurred in the history of our fucking peoples. 
However, we here today have the ability to continue fucking honoring the legacy of survivance of our ancestors. And it does not fucking, it cannot be done by fucking uh, 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 finding ourselves as victims to the fucking circumstances of the Western world. It is not in our fucking history. It is not in our fucking, that's not us. That's not who we are. You know what I'm saying? That's not how our ancestors endured. They endured by the fucking strength of will, okay? The desire for survivance, okay? Uh, they endured. Our peoples, even before them, they, they were strong people and strong wills. They had strong disciplines, okay? And they used this type of shit, in my metaphor at least, as the dart and the shield to... And the dart and shield, I'll explain the metaphor here shortly, okay? But to fucking manifest their meaning and purpose in life, right? Um, this dart and shield, yo, it's like this concept in Nawa philosophy where, you know, it represents struggle, right? So again... It's not necessarily, again, just to qualify, it's not that struggle is a bad thing, bro. It's the distinction uh, uh, between the ways in which the struggle is had, right? Not in the Western Christian way to overcome permanently the obstacles because on pain of fucking philosophical absurdity, this, you know, Nawa processive metaphysics, it just, it does not allow for such a concept, but rather the struggle necessary to live harmoniously and viewing those struggles as a way to further strengthen, strengthen rather our hearts and our faces so that we are able to do so. So the idea here is then with this dart and shield is that it is the symbol of struggle, okay? That this struggle between balance, essentially, okay? Life itself is a battle where we are, you know, ourselves, we are put here to fight because this is what the Nawa believed. We are fundamentally intertwined with the unfolding of reality. So we are here to fucking uh, continue that, uh, the balance, if you will, uh, by, you know, through the struggle, essentially, okay? And you can retreat from this. Uh, you can retreat and live the rest from this uh, realization, from this responsibility, and live the rest of our lives in regret. Or we can rise to this challenge and face each day, like, you know, uh, accordingly. We find our fucking, our purpose. We manifest that purpose. By doing so, we are able to continue the fucking, the sacred balance of the cosmos, okay? That's the general gist here. Um, Which ultimately returns us to the fucking whole victim's mentality that these fucking weak slave mentality social justice warriors have, right? And again, why I rally so hard against it, especially when it comes to our community, bro. Now, the reason why I keep qualifying this dog is because I know for an absolute fact, I know for an absolute fact is that I, I emphasize this point so much that to an outsider who is unfamiliar with my work, you know, or definitely with our culture, it can appear as though that I'm fucking, I'm writing for the white man when I fucking, when I insist on the importance of this shit, you know what I mean? when I insist on the importance of radical acceptance specifically in our community. But this simply could not be any fucking further from the truth, bro. The truth is, okay, at least for me personally, and the truth, you know, whatever whatever that even means. But in this particular sense, the truth is that we're not weak people, Doug, okay? And to insist otherwise would be honestly to spit in, you know, directly into the face of our ancestors who survived the Holocaust, not because of the white man's fucking sympathies, not because they felt fucking guilt for their actions, but because they, our ancestors, refused to be eradicated. That is the strength of will that I'm talking about. That is the spirit of survivance, homie, okay? And to dismiss that as simping for the white man is in and of itself an act of erasure, bro, by these fucking bitch-ass, fake, woke, social justice warriors who are too weak to continue this legacy, or perhaps even more sinisterly, who wants to strip us of this fucking legacy so they can continue to use our quote-unquote brown bodies as fucking Muppets to fucking advance the liberal white agenda. You know what I mean? To which I say, nah, dog, fuck all of that. I'm not with it. You know what I mean? Don't get me twisted. There are some historical wrongs that we absolutely endured at the hands of white folks, okay? And there are unquestionably some fucking current structures and institutions that are in place that need to be dismantled because they do nothing more than advance white interests. I'm not saying that, okay? I'm not saying, I'm not saying neither of those is true. What I'm saying is that blaming white people for everything, dog, is it's just another form of fucking it's another form of control they're that they're using that to control us okay and that we allow that control to occur because it's very comforting it's very anesthetizing belief to hold okay and as comforting as it is it's like a drug bro all it does truly is lull us into a false sense of comfort okay the comfort associated with projecting onto others all of the problems that we individually are more than capable of fucking responding to okay again I'm not saying that there isn't historical evils. I'm not saying that there aren't fucking contemporary issues that need to be dismantled. I'm saying that what we are is not weak people. We are not weak people, okay? That we come from a long legacy of fucking survivance. 
and that we have the fucking strength, homie. We have the fucking strength to overcome any and everything, okay? But the problem is that we keep giving it away to this false delusions where we believe power resides, okay? And I'm telling you, that, like, that's a fucking trap, bro. And it's one that does nothing more than keep us subservient to the white man, dog. And in this particular sense, it's the fucking liberals, dog. Especially the academic kind where I fucking got my bread and butter at. Because where the fuck do you think it is that we learn this type of shit from, homie? In they motherfucking schools. That's where I learned it, okay? And it's where the fucking teachers who are going off to teach in the K-12 education system who teach bullshit lies like Columbus discovered America, that's where they learned it too. So they take that knowledge and they fucking disperse it among our community. And then we in turn continue to be disempowered, whether we actively realize it or not, because we're led to believe that we're fucking victims and that the white man is responsible for all the suffering to which I'm saying, nah, homie, that is all kinds of fucking twisted. And it's having a detrimental effect, not only on us personally, in the sense that it's keeping us from fucking um, manifesting our fucking, our purpose here on Tlaltic Bac. But collectively, as a culture as well, because it has us fucking beholden to the fucking whims of the people. If you control people's minds, you control their bodies. I've talked about this before in the Carceral Archipelago podcast about Foucault, okay? And that is how I feel is one of the ways that it's being fucking perpetuated by white liberal academics in our community, okay? So the goal is to overcome both so that like the old, like the Nawa of old, dog, we can fucking manifest our... Uh, our, our individual purposes for the sake of advancing our collective purposes as well, all right? So for the Nawa, it was the individual manifest their purpose, whether it be warrior, scholar, whether it be fucking, you know, priest or whatever. And then they use that purpose to help fulfill the mission of the, the Mexica Tenoca people, which of course was to keep the fucking sixth son alive at, at any expense, right? For us, you know, whatever it is that collectively when we get together in our Chica, our Chicano Memorium, our Chicana Memorium, uh, that we fucking, we address as the fucking needs of the, of the Chicano community. For me personally, it would be fucking establishing a, a, a f- some sort of fucking identity and making a claim towards fucking, uh, I don't, I don't want to say acknowledgement because I don't need anyone to acknowledge me, dog, but definitely a claim to a fucking, we're here. Like we exist, motherfucker. We're not just some fucking, we're not Latino, we're not Hispanic, we're not none of that. We're not Latinx, okay? We are our own indigenous peoples. Okay, now I'm sure other Chicanos and Chicanas have other ideas of what it is that they might say that it is that we need to do. And I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm saying that the only way we can start to work towards that is if we collectively have a fucking unified front. And the only way to have that unified front, of course, is from the individual's subjective level is strong enough to be able to advance it. Okay, it's a culmination of many things that I've talked about in Hood Philosophy before. What good is taking over when you know what you're going to do? The only real revolution happens right inside of you. Change yourself change the world. Okay. That's, that's the gist that I'm getting to. And, uh, that's not going to happen by way of this fucking fake woke social, uh, uh, social justice warrior victims mentality. Because again, <laughs> as much as I would like to think, right, that the white man is the reason why I'm currently trapped, if you will, in this depressive cycle of overstimulation where I'm doing shitty things to help satiate, you know, uh, to help satiate myself from the pain of, you know, uh, living in, in the fallout of the death of my brother, for instance, okay, and the ensuing desire to stimulate fucking serotonin production. The fact of the matter is, that's just not true, bro. Okay, like for instance, going to the gym, dog. Going to the gym and working out for me, I know, is necessary for me to live a good life. Okay, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, dog. A white man has never forced me to stay home from the gym. Okay, it was only ever me who stayed home from the gym because I was fucking too lazy to go. Right, reading and writing again necessary for me to live a good life. And I'm telling you, bro, as comforting as it would be to blame the white man for my inability to do so, 10 times out of nine, it's realistically because I was fucking too lazy to read or write and decided to binge watch Netflix instead of doing either, okay? Or be on social media instead of doing either. Spending quality time with family and friends, as well as myself, okay? My own thoughts necessary for me to live a good life. Again, a white man has never come to my house and said, you cannot do any of that. You must do what I'm telling you here now instead because it's just not true, dog. It's not true, right? A white man, man, they've never come to me. They've never come along and forced me to drink excessive amounts of alcohol to numb myself from the pain of existence, from the pain of not living up to my own self-imposed standards and potential and so on, right? Um, A white man, you know, simply put, they've just never been forced me to choose the comfort of illusion over the fucking drudgery of necessary to manifest the, the purpose that I believe I have found in my life, right? To do the actual work necessary to achieve the happiness that I desire. Only I did, okay? 
because I'm not a fucking pawn, bro. This is the whole importance of fucking uh, autonomy, right? I'm a free person. I'm a free person who's navigating this fucked up system with the option to choose to not fall into the traps designed to ensnare us at every fucking turn. I know this system is fucking set up to fucking trap me in. That's what it is living as a brown man in modern day America. And because of that, I know that I can either fall for it or rise above it, right? And as long as I can control that little bit of choice, I will never be anyone's slave, homie. I know this ain't a fucking easy pill to swallow, dog. I know for me personally, coming to terms with it, it was a very painful process, yo. And for the longest time, it really fucked me up because I would used to like to think about, I, I didn't like to think about it. I used to fucking wallow thinking about, you know, just the hundreds of millions of doctors, the lawyers, the artists, the fucking musicians, and just overall great people, dog, that had the ability, who could, should have had the ability to live a life of fucking wonder that was, you know, of beauty, okay? Of happiness, one that was filled with their passions that was stripped from them for no other reason that they didn't fucking embody the quote-unquote correct or white, if you will, color of skin, the whiteness, you know what I mean? The color of their skin, their gender, their sexual orientation, or physical ability, okay? And again, there's no doubt there was a time when the structures that were that were in place were so prominent that this really was the truth, okay? It was hard to fucking, you know, be a, a disabled brown woman living during the fucking early colonial period, okay? But that just, it's not the fucking case anymore, dog. I'm not saying that it's hard to be a fucking disabled brown woman here living in 2021. I'm saying that the fucking obstacles that prevented others before us from living a better life are not necessarily entirely in place anymore and that we have the ability to fucking overthrow and dismantle them. You know what I mean? And it ain't because the fucking white folks suddenly felt guilty about shit and decided to give us a fucking break, dude. No, that's dumb, bro. Right? And to think otherwise is to, dec uh, is to again, discredit the survivance, the will, and the sacrifice of our ancestors, bro. Because, again, this whole appealing to the sympathies of the master is slave shit, homie. And, you know, that slave shit is a drug, basically, is the point that I'm trying to say. It, it anesthetizes us. It makes us feel as though we're entitled to shit. And the whole point is, no, we're not entitled to anything, bro. No one is. And the people who just are given shit because they are entitled... They don't appreciate it because they didn't fucking suffer through earning the process of earning it. That's what I'm trying to ultimately say. You know what I mean? Which is why now I can't help but wonder how many of those people that I just talked about, especially from our community, okay, they didn't become the very thing that I just mentioned because they themselves allowed themselves to be anesthetized by this drug, the drug of identity politics, okay? That is like... We're brainwashed essentially by academia that has made us believe that, you know, the reason why we're unable to achieve all these great things is because of our identity and, you know, that that needs to be addressed, right? Now, I'm not saying that it did or that it doesn't. Again, I'm just saying that how many of the people that went on to get worthless liberal arts degrees like myself could have become doctors and lawyers instead, but we got these fucking degrees because we were told that it's going to fucking help us, you know, uh, and and racism, essentially. You know what I mean? It's like, no, dog, come on, man. That was just us being fucking corralled through a system that already fucking, that was appealing to our fucking desires, which was to find some sort of identity and fucking pond us off with this fucking college degree that is ultimately useless. When we could have been using that instead, all that time, all that energy to find what our actual true purpose is here on life, more than just fucking getting a degree to pay bills and dies, and then to pay bills and die, and then using that fucking knowledge to manifest our actual purpose for descending onto Tlaltic Pak, okay? But instead of that, how many of us, you know, got complacent or are still complacent in life because of the fact, you know, of these false ideas that, we're, that we've been fucking socialized with, the negative programming that we've been socialized with, that we're victims, that capitalism is fucking uh, uh, evil, that communism is good, all these fucking ideas, bro, that ultimately do nothing more than serve as distractions to keep us from the one true fact and that is that at any given moment, we and we alone have the power to fucking alter radically the fucking direction of our lives. You know what I mean? Which is why I'm like, now, now, I'm like, bro, fuck out of here with that old paradigm, bro. This identity, this identity politics shit, it's this fucking anesthetizing practice that numbs us from the pain of life and offers us false comfort, bro. Okay? By blaming fucking white people for everything, yo, we don't. We, don't, we, we get the convenient, we as, you know, the non-white people, we get a convenient excuse to not have to work on or address any of our own personal shortcomings, yo. And to think that insisting on doing so is conservative or right-wing is fucking hilarious, bro. 
because now you're just giving white people all the credit for these ideas that are a fundamental element of human existence, okay? Pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, if you will, taking radical ownership for your life, like the desire to fucking protect and conserve. That is not unique to white people, dog, right? Which is why it's just, again, it's the idea of how fucking limiting this left, right, or center paradigm is of, 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 of American politics. I am neither left, right, or center, yo. I am my ancestors made flesh, bro. And, you know, if that bothers people, it's only because, <laughs> at least I personally feel, it's probably because they're weak people, yo, who they themselves are afraid of life. They are the preachers of death that I'm talking about, Okay. And, you know, rather than having to fucking confront the pain of or the, the fucking the massive responsibility of life that is, has been bestowed upon us, they'd rather numb themselves with reality, okay? Or rather numb themselves to this reality that, you know, only survival matters, bro. <laughs> By way of, it's hood philosophy, bro. Fucking survival, dog. I'm sorry. I hate to be so naturalistic and reductive, but survival is the name of the game for all fucking life, yo, Okay. And to numb yourself from that fact and to fucking, you know, to do so by way of the identity politics, all that does is give us the illusion of safe spaces, bro, okay? And, and, and it's just, it's ultimately to our discredit. It strips us of the immense amount of power that we have, the immense amount of power that we inherited from our ancestors, the immense amount of power that we personally just have by virtue of being people, bro. Anyways, and getting back to this whole darting shield metaphor, bro, and making strong the fucking countenance of our hearts and faces. The basic gist I'm trying to get to is that the Nawa understood the difficulty inherent in this, okay? It's not easy, which is why the Tlamatini, the Nawa philosophers, they taught the importance of self-discipline. The Nawa had a whole ass ethic, a whole ass ethics fucking dedicated to this whole very process, which again, Nietzsche shit basically just stole that shit. It's not about fucking the Christian ideas of good and evil because the Christian, Nawa did not have an idea of Christian good and evil because it just, uh, it wasn't part of their understanding of reality, okay? That was something that was imported later after fucking the Spaniards arrived. Their shit was about fucking ordering and fucking about ordering our lives and living it in accordance to a, pre, a, a meaning that is ideally predetermined by our birth and by our stars, but that can also be fucking given to ourselves if they are, if both are unfavorable to our fucking, you know, to, to us as people. So maybe you're born under unfavorable stars and an unfavorable date. The Nawat said, you can change that, dog, through your own action and will. And conversely, just because you were born under favorable stars and under a favorable date doesn't mean you're going to achieve the fucking shit that you're uh, ideally destined to do because you still have to fucking order yourself, your order your life in such a way that will enable you to be able to do so, okay? So that's the whole ethics of the Nawa shit, right? Remember, they're going to maintain that we are here for a reason, okay? That we are complementary to the will, to the desires. My cat over there acting a fool, okay? That we are complementary to the will and to the uh, to the desires of the sacred divinities of Teot, okay? To the to the gods, if you will, okay? That we're 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 a fundamental part of this manifesting, okay? That we're here to achieve essentially some sort of purpose. For the Mexica Tenoca, their purpose was to provide nourishment for the sun in the form of the fucking blood, we're told, okay? For you and I, it could be something as simple as just being fucking happy, bro. Happiness is our sun. That's the sun that I fucking want in my life, okay? And it is the source for the joyous waves that awash our existence to drive out the fucking cold bleakness of the hole that, you know, this, uh, uh, this fucking bleak hole that we find ourselves because of this pit of nihilistic despair of this Western Christian world, yo. So the idea is we have to nourish our sons, dog. We have to do what it, that which brings us happiness. And I maintain that this can only be achieved by studying philosophy. Because again, in doing so, we can find our heart in our face, okay? And know what we believe is worth fighting for in the first place. This is what helps us move beyond the realization of absurdity inherent with, you know, clearly insignificant pursuits. And it, it, uh, to, 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 it helps us move beyond just giving our heart and our fucking, our, giving away our heart to any and everything in hopes of doing so will bring us the happiness that we desire, okay? That's a part of a quote from this, from an old, from a famous Nawa poem where they speak, you know, uh, what do you seek on this earth? Because if you keep giving your heart away to everything and nothing, you'll never find the happiness. Find what it is that brings you happiness and fucking give your heart to that, okay? Because that alone is going to be responsible for the, the meaning and purpose in your life, right? So when it comes to this hood philosophy shit, the, the, in this particular case, the, the point is 
the desire to gain the knowledge that only truly that the only knowledge that truly matters and that is knowledge of one's self okay everything else everything else is merely secondary to this home because it is only with an authentic face and heart that we are able to escape this quote unquote dreamlike world of Tlaltik Pak okay that we are able to free ourselves if you will from the disillusionment or perhaps better stated uh the 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 unhappiness that we experience by our, our inability to do so okay and again only in philosophizing are we able to arrive at this truth only in philosophizing are we able to fucking arrive at the only truth on earth all right and again i maintain that the same educational process that was used to negatively program us can be used to influence our will in a more passive a more positive manner homie for me personally it starts by looking into this obsidian mirror and realizing that even though we are living, we are still very much fucking dead inside, okay? Which in itself is not a bad thing. For as painful as this realization can be, it also creates the space needed for us to begin to develop a life of meaning and value, that one that's, that is capable because of the strength inherent that we gain from being able to do so, of being able to slay this monumental dragon that is a fucking generic life that lacks any sort of meaning, purpose, and ensuing happiness, okay? So by developing our heart and face and getting to truly know ourselves, we can then in turn connect to the fucking most high, bro, to be liberated from this allegedly predetermined fate of unreflective passivity in this Western world, right? And of course, without doing so, conversely, we risk continuing to plunge ourselves into a questionable existence, all right, here on Tlaltik Pak, knowing full well that, you know, given the ephemeral nature of this existence, nothing we find here will bring us, bring us true happiness, right? And that in turn, any satisfaction, quote-unquote, that we experience, we, uh, it, may be, it, may, it may be nothing more than just the fucking satiation of the dissonance born of this reality, dog, right? And yeah. I guess in conclusion, the whole, to wrap a, not a little fucking bow on it, I don't necessarily say a nice little bow on it, but definitely a bow on it, okay? The question just once again becomes, what are we ultimately seeking to satiate ourselves from? And if you ask me, it's the fundamental quote-unquote problem of existence. And that is namely the meaning of purpose or rather purpose for it, the purpose of existence, the meaning for existence, Okay. Why? Why are we here? What, for what purpose are we here? We can satiate the uneasiness we feel from existing by way of physical pleasures, okay? But these are only temporary, homie, and they only give us an elevated fucking... They, they, it's just, they, they're, not, they, they're not fulfilling, okay? We have an itch, okay, that we desire to scratch. It's part of the fucking... It's part of our human condition, okay? But the problem is that in not knowing what the itch is, what the impetus for the itch is, let alone how we're going to scratch it, all the different ways that we have available to us to scratch it, we are giving our hearts away to all things, dog, and we are in turn leading it nowhere, right? We are losing our hearts. We are losing our faces here on earth, right? Because of our desire to fucking have something of meaning and purpose and the seeming lack thereof. It's a little bit of the absurdity there, but with a little Nahuatl flip, right? So we find ourselves in this precarious position where we are these creatures who are undoubtedly, we're born without an identity, okay? We are full of unsatisfied desires and we lack a, de a definite goal on Tlaltik Pak. So the, again, the purpose is then in studying this philosophy is to find that goal and to work towards it unrelentingly, dog, because only then will we be able to not only diagnose the impetus for the itch, but the correct way to scratch it in a way that isn't going to give away our vital source of life, our heart at every fucking obstacle, okay? And that's why, I guess, to conclude, I'm always like, man, motherfuck the death of the Christian God, homie. This process is what will, this process of finding that, okay, is what will connect us to ourselves, dog. We ourselves are the most high. We are the Teot, okay? Teot is us. We are Teot. We are all one, the sacred divinity. It is you. It is me and all else in existence, okay? And we are more than capable because we are the manifestations of the sacred, dog. We are the manifestations of the universe. 
We are the manifestations of the Most High, whatever you want to call it. We are capable because of that, the immense amount of power that we contain to fucking overcome the most seemingly of absurd and unreflective existence and live lives of actual meaning and purpose, okay? This ain't some fucking new age hipster platitudes, homie. This is the fucking ancestral knowledge of the highest order, bro. And whether you believe it or not, that's up to you to decide, okay? It may be wrong. It may be right. All I know is that if, you know, you do believe in something, if you do believe that life has meaning, sitting around on the couch and not fucking doing anything about it is not going to manifest it. And conversely, if you don't fucking believe in meaning, sitting around on the couch is not going to bring you any sort of happiness. I just, you know, I've lived that life, homie. Maybe I'm speaking anecdotally. Maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't fucking know. All I know is I don't know nothing at all. I have a little bit of an idea, dog, and I could be biased and it could be just because of my ancestral tradition, but I know that when I contrast that and I put it in juxtaposition to the Western world that we're living in, it just seems to ring so much more intuitively true, as I said before in the past episodes of the podcast, not in a relative way, but in a way that inspires hope for the fucking, for, for, for my life moving forward, okay? Hopefully it does the same for you. And if not, as I've said many, many a times before, I truly, sincerely hope that you find something that does, right? And yeah, I guess now is as good a time as any to fucking wrap this bitch up. So as always, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you sticking it through to the very end. And I'll see you next time. Have a great rest of your day, evening, whenever it is that you hear this. Peace.